the Handicapping Contest of Pain edition of the Notorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Circus Sports. Circus Sports is back with their Circus Survivor and Circa Millions Contest. $14 million up for grabs. Get all the details at CircusSports.com. Welcome, everybody, to the Notorious OTB, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And as always, it's all good, baby, baby. Oh, it was all a dream. To read Blood Horse Magazine, I got my Cuban link on. Yes, Cuban B. I'm your host, Chase Sessoms, the Wolf of Oakland. Say Mississippi burning up, sipping, serving, and sherbet. Welcome to the show. It's a special one. It's it's a special one. It's it's like when you were a kid and you're watching cartoons and somehow the Jetsons and the Flintstones ended up together on the same screen in a weird crossover episode, which, by the way, they didn't deal with the intricate issues of time travel that that causes, that we've got now crazy extra timelines for the Flintstones. I've been on the uh, alien subreddit on Reddit for way too long. A good way to break up this awkwardness is to introduce my next guest. You might know her from Talking Horses. The one, the only, Sarah L. Bodway. Sarah, welcome back. How's it going? Good to be back as always. I always look forward to talking to you about uh, races all over the place. You've put together a really special episode like you mentioned and i think this might be the best episode yet that i've been on so excited and looking forward to it so what makes it uh, extra special is we've got like i said jetsons i've introduced the jetsons now time to bring in the flintstones he's my personal bam bam he failed to menace but he succeeded to steal america's hearts and he also succeeded to lock down new position of content producer for naira and naira bets Ladies and gentlemen, Matthew DeSantis, and uh, congratulations, man. We're super proud of you here. Me and my research staff and the interns are super proud of you uh, at the Notorious OTV. Welcome. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you for the kind words, and uh, it's a pleasure to be on. It's thrilling to be on with Sarah. I think this is the first time I've not had to be a host or be hosted by Sarah, that we could, we're could we both just guests, and so uh, this is quite lovely to just be able to be like an agent of chaos a little bit on this amazing gamut of races that you have put together for today's show. So I uh, can't wait to get into this one and, and talk more about it. This, this lineup of races is ironclad. Uh, you know, what's funny is someone actually pointed this out to me yesterday. Um, and it, is it super narcissistic of me to think it? Yes, it is. But uh Seems like the Notorious OTB might be the launching pad if you'd like a career in New York racing. I'm just saying. My my two top guests have, are, are now on that Naira teat. That's a weird way to say it. Um, but, but, you know, they got their Naira jobs. Um, I feel like I'm like I'm like a farm club. You know, like I'm I'm AAA, but like that really good AAA guy you don't ever want to. I'm like Crash Davis. Uh, I'm, I'm like Cuba for the Yankees. Really, I'm just <laughs> mining talent for free. Uh, so we've talked about having you. Well, I've had Matthew on a million times. I've had Sarah on roughly two short of a million times. Finally, I get you both together, but it's not in peace I bring you here. Oh, no. If you guys are going to be busy at Saratoga doing your thing this summer, 
You're not going to be able to have time to play with old Chase face here. No. Then we're going down. Trial by combat. That's right. I've decided to just blow this shit out with a cutthroat 10 race handicapping contest. And I've picked a total of 10 races from six different tracks all around the country. Belmont, standard fare. Belterra, spicy. Canterbury, everyone loves horse racing in Shakopee, Minnesota. Delaware Park, nothing exciting you can say about this day. Delaware, <laughs> Gulfstream, and Horseshoe Indy. We've got stakes races. We've got maidens. We've got $8,000 claimers. We've got pretty much all of it. So let me get let me get some reactions. What did you guys just think of the 10 races I chose? So I <clears throat> was a little sad that we didn't get a maiden claimer in that mix. Um, I, I'll be honest. That was my one critique. But otherwise, it was just a spectacular smattering of claiming races, turf races we got some of that sweet sweet tapita down at Gulfstream park uh we got some stakes races that a lot of people are going to be paying attention to this weekend so i thought it was a great cross section of if you're a horse racing fan this is what your saturday typically looks like in terms of just going from one race to the next to the next to the next so uh, i enjoyed it sarah what about you well i went through these races in chronological order that they were given to us and I went through the first three and I was like, all right, this is some variety. This is fun. This is interesting. And then I got to the fourth and I was like, Chase, you're sick. You're a sick person for devising this contest and putting everything together. And I was like, I can just see the look on your face when you got to this race and you were like, ooh, let's put this one in there. So that's what I do. (laughs) That was you. That was precisely your thought process. My goal was, was for you guys to open the PPs and say, this motherfucker. (laughs) <laughs> this fucking guy. And it sounds like I, I, I got it. So before we hit some very important business here, I'm going to give you the rules for, for a handicapping contest. It's going to be 10 races. Uh, these are your classic like horse tourneys, handicapping rules with some slight twists. Uh, so each race, we're going to select a top pick and an alternate just in case of scratches since we're doing this two days out. And if both picks scratch, you get the post-time favorite. Uh, the contest is going to be scored using the mythical $2 win place bets i never understood why they called them mythical like i know it feels better than calling them fake ass two dollar win place bets but you know but it's not like like the win. it's not like the win place bet is a mythical bet like it's a real bet it's just we're not using real money uh but it's a real bet it's not like they just came up with this bet for the sake of the tourney i mean so it's not mythical it's not a dragon's forehead at any point yeah it's a real money (laughs) mythical yeah theoretical money um so it's going to be based off $2 win place bets. However, each person has two extra special plays that we had a name and I didn't like it. So I'm just going to kind of freestyle on that uh, where you can essentially just double it down. And it's going to be a $4 mythical win place bet wherever you feel like in the card. Uh, you think you got something you can hammer. And also there are no uh, payout caps. Uh, if you hit a 50 to one, it's going to pay like a 50 to one. Uh, if you hit a six, you know, 25 to one place, it's going to play like a, 25 to one place you know we're all goddamn professionals here and we don't give breaks what do you guys think we should do for the what should the winner get i feel like like a really sick Mm. burn would be if uh like uh the two losers buy them just a delightful edible edible arrangement or something you know like just uh how dare you (laughs) 
That would be good. I don't know. I mean, since Sarah and I are going to be up in Saratoga, we'll have to. We might have to figure out something to. I don't know. Try to try to think on the fly of like an idea. So. I think regardless of what happens in this contest, Matthew and I should just have to bring you out to Saratoga. How how the hell is that? I mean, who's paying for this trip to get Chase? (laughs) Flights are like eight thousand dollars right now. You're killing me. (laughs) Not above riding buses. I'm just going to put that out there. You know what? While we're out, while we're putting things out there, let's talk about Circus Sports. Their Circa Millions and Circus Survivor Contest are back with $14 million in guaranteed prizes up for grabs. I could fly, you know, United Arab Emirates Air to Saratoga direct from Little Rock with that sort of money. But for the Circa Millions, it's five NFL picks against the spread each week. Circus Survivor, just pick a different mental morning. Uh, just pick a different money line winner each week. You enter in Vegas, you play from anywhere. Sports Gambling Podcast will be out there last weekend in August. CircusSports.com for all the details. CircusSports.com. Matthew, what would you do with the Circa Millions if you won it? Uh, uh, that's a great question, and I'm completely unprepared to answer it, but it would probably have to be uh, getting a Cuban link chain of my own. Well, And maybe maybe getting a personalized one for you as well. I like that. I want my beagle's head made out of those dookie brown diamonds from Zales. So if I won the Circa Millions, that's what I would do. Love it. You know what? You know what I'm going to do for for Survivor Week 1? I'm going to give you a pick. I gave you the Texans last time because I'm a sick fuck. I'm going to say the Ravens in Week 1 for your Survivor. All right. Now back to the exercise of uh, shame. Uh, but also pride, I guess I'm going to call this. Uh, does everyone does everyone understand the rules as they have been described? Indeed. Okay. Protect yourselves at all times. Come out of your corners fighting. We're going to start with Belmont Park. Race one. Five and a half furlong. $90,000 maiden special weight. It's on the dirt post time. 105 Eastern, 1205 God's time. Uh, Sarah, you're going to lead us off here. Uh, what did you think of this race? Who was your pick? Who was your alternate? Well, this is one where I think Matthew and I will agree um, because we talked about this race (laughs) yesterday, (laughs) but um, there's not a ton honestly going on in this race other than the debut of Elite's first foal, but I'm picking against that one just for the first time starters. I want a horse with experience in here, and the number six is one that was third on debut from the rail, now gets more of an outside post and actually ran pretty well. Showed some speed, was the inside speed, took a little bit of pressure, and then faded to end up third behind a pretty well-meant Todd Pletcher firster in wine on tap. So I think with the speed that this horse has shown, as well as the ability to have some experience going into this race, I'm going to go with the six Devil at Midnight for my top pick, but I'll pick the Elite Baby as my alternate, and that's the number three, Exhilarate. I, I like it, and I think I like it because uh, the just basically it comes down to one of my my dirty little pig boy angles. This this horse had trouble at the gate, and it it broke poorly, but still ran. Had to hustle up to get to first. Like I really like the the horse's chances if it can save a little bit of energy. Matthew, uh, were you yeah. were you agreeing with Devil at Midnight as as Sarah alluded to? Yeah, uh, so I'm also going to be playing against the number three, Exhilarate, uh, partially because Bill Mott's only 11% winning with two-year-old and maiden special weights at Belmont over the last five years. 
And this one has kind of some curious works uh, going back as well. There's a work on the turf that was rather slow, five furlong. Uh, there was a little bit of a slower uh, four furlong uh, gate work as well. Uh, that horse does have a bullet in his back pocket. But, you know, Devil at Midnight just makes a lot of sense for me. It's come out of that race looking very sharp, uh, registered a 47 and four bullet on June 30th. I think the buyer speed figure came back really strong. So that's my top pick as well. Now, my alternate, I'll take, if that one is to scratch, just because I am kind of playing against the three a little bit, I'll take the number one, Sugar and Spice, as my alternate. Uh, this horse is going to be the, the kind of other speed in the race, I would imagine, uh, from the rail. And I just think this horse, you know, has some, needs to learn how to stay on a little bit more, but it's going to be a bigger price and might be able to catch the place position uh, and pay out a little bit more than a winner. It, like I said, if the six gets scratched and the three is going to get hammered down to probably below even money. And so from kind of a tourney standpoint, I'll, you know, use an alternative that might pay a lot better in place uh, than the winning horse might uh, if it gets the win place bet. Ladies and gentlemen, simple minds. So I, I do agree with devil at midnight. I actually made that my, my alternate pick here. Uh, my top pick, I'm going to go with law. Pick a Sita, uh for my new favorite tra trainer, uh, Jenna Antonucci, who looks like a delight to share a salad with at a Panera Bread. Um, I'm not sure if it's more of a homer pick for, for Antonucci or if I like the pedigree more for the sprint distance. This is a Munnings baby. Uh, I, you give me a Munnings baby in a maiden sprint. I'm usually going to jump all over it. Plus, you get Tyler Gaffleone up. And if this horse needs to rate a little bit off of some early speed, um, this is a little bit of an insult, but actually works out here. Is I, I think I can count on Tyler to be a little bit timid and not really actually get out there and, and push and, and get it and maybe sit a little bit off the pace. Hopefully, he doesn't get scared off of it late, which I've seen happen to Tyler. Like the first few weeks of Saratoga last year, if you just rode up next to Tyler and said, boo, that horse was getting pulled back. He didn't want any part of it. So... Uh, I, I think uh, I, I'm going with uh, Jenna Munnings and uh, bullying, I guess, with uh, the four La Picasita. Uh, Chase, I, I need to apologize for something because I've already messed the game up. Uh, this is actually one of my doubling down races. So this is because uh, I feel that good about the six. Uh, so. Did you say doubling down? Hide the money, y'all. There's poor people around. <laughs> with your broke ass. Matthew's trying to pay for this baby straight cash money right off the bat, trying to step on next. I like it. I, I admire the strategy a little bit, but now I'm, I'm got my fucking eye on you, dude. <laughs> All right. Have we already, we good with, with one? Everyone's good. Moving it on. We're going chronologically, chronologically, which means we had to sense a nasty Bell Terra Park race to eight and a half furlongs at $25,000 claimer on the turf uh matthew your yeah. turn take the lead yeah so for this one my top pick is the number four almadrina uh four to one on the morning line uh this is a horse that i think has really good tactical speed is two for two in the exacta this is actually something uh that i kind of looked at uh, in general for this exercise was looking at horses that routinely either win or play second. And so uh, just because with this win place dynamic, 
if I can't get the win, at least here's a horse that has shown the ability to run up and hit the board and more importantly, hit the exacta. But those horses two for two in the exacta since coming to Belterra Park, six for 14 in the exacta on the turf. Uh, I think it's notable uh, that there's not much. I don't think um, in terms of speed figures, and this one is, uh, this is a horse that's on the rise, 60, 65, 67, the last three times out. Like I said, uh, you know, you look at what this horse has accomplished uh, the last few times at Belterra, I think it fits. And so I think at four to one, um, I like this horse as my top pick. And then from a alternative standpoint, if that one is to scratch, I would take a little bit of a shot with the number seven backyard hen at 12 to one. This one is three for three lifetime on the turf, three for three lifetime at Belterra Park in the exacta uh, is stepping up in class. But I think there's a lot to like there. And I think this horse has a nice running style and should sit a stalking trip. So four and seven are kind of my top two picks in this one. So I actually ended up on a, this is my first real bomb play of the day. And there are a couple more coming. Um, Brittle and you looks like the obvious speed. I hate that price at five to two on Brittle and you. I don't like this worse than the spot, but I love the two dance the day away because I think this could be maybe sneaky early speed in this race. And the price is plainly fucking awesome. Uh, you know, as opposed to, to Brittle and you dance the day away actually has, wins on the turf I, i'm expecting this horse to send they're taking the blinkers off and something i never considered because i always thought that blinkers maybe added gate speed well if you have a horse that needs the lead he needs to see the other horses that are actually going for it so you take the blinkers off he can see the competition he can go except this is a lady horse so she can go um so i'm taking dance the day away for for anna decker uh at 12 to 1 as my as my pick here oh, God, i love love belterra the land where they, you make them say Perry Oots, then na na na. Uh, and then my alternate was the five brutal and you at five to two. If dance the day away scratches, then brutal you is the is the lone really speed. Sarah, what say you with race two at Belterra Park? All right, this is one of my doubling down races, so I'm using oh, a special bonus. I'm going to go with so the number on sequiturs for this. This is going to be great. <laughs> is this going to be like the record for most sound effects ever? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I emptied the bandolier on this one. Good. Uh, so we're going with number eight, kick out the jams, um, circled the field from last in a race where the pace totally held together last time. Then two back beat the boys as the favorite, even after hitting the gate at that start. This is a horse that's just come back and been better in the last two starts. And this is a trainer as well with horses that have won their last start does really well. 18% $1.26 ROI for the past five years. So this is one where I watched the last two races and I was like, this horse is making a major closing move into paces that are holding together. If there's a little bit of speed to close into, this would only help this horse. And then for my alternate, I went to brittle and you as well. This might end up just being the class of the field as she drops in. Uh, they had some turf intentions, won that off the turf race at Horseshoe Indy last time out as the pace setter, likely to go to the front again in here and might end up just being better than these horses, but not take that one on top at that price. All right, we are two in to our handicapping contest. People are trying to find some prices, some underdogs, if you will. And it's handy because we're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Their best ball mania four is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Just what has happened to money? 
listen to this. We, Circa's giving away 14 million. Underdog's giving away 15. Jesus. It's NFL quarterback money, and it's absurd. But you should take advantage of it because underdog pick is also a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and NFL season player props. So many ways to win over on, on underdog, and underdog is available in so many states. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right. I had a hard time because I think Brittle and you is isn't Brittle and you an Oakland horse? I'm pretty sure that's right. Let's see. Then I Oakland once. Yeah. yeah. Well, then we play all those the forever. Place. Yeah. Yeah. L- listen, if we have an American Pharaoh statue out in front, like if you run at our our track and, and <laughs> do anything afterwards, you belong to us. Let's move on to uh, a state that doesn't belong to anyone. I don't know if that's true. Delaware Park, race five. We're hitting the six furlong, $100,000 Dashing Beauty Stakes. It's on the dirt. Starts at 238 Eastern, 138 God's time. I'm leading it off. My top pick is going to be uh, the Oaklawn horse because it ran at Oaklawn once. Uh, the seven, I'm the boss of me. It's six to one. I have plenty of reasons. This isn't just a dirty homer pick. Uh, it has some versatility in the run style and it's going to need to show some, some patience because, you know, we're overrun by early, early speed in this race. Typically this horse has kind of an AB, AB one on one off kind of pattern with its form cycle. After running a couple B's in a row, I think that this is an a performance to, to reset the cycle. Um, and I was actually kind of shocked that this horse was this cold, on on the morning line uh i kind of thought that you would see uh this horse along the same lines as my alternate the nine chitara at three to one uh the reason it's the alternate is if i'm the boss of me scratches i think this one could stay close close to the pace and, and pass to win it's the same sort of profile but the the price on i'm the boss of me is is way too good to pass up as, as opposed to chitara uh sarah what'd you think of the dashing beauty stakes at the most exciting state in the union, Delaware. Oh, Delaware. Um, for this race, I went to Chitara, who you already mentioned, winner of the Ski Pat last time out at Pimlico. This is a horse that I actually really like that day. We're not going to get 17 to 1 again, but I do think that we're going to see an abundance of pace in this race, which should help her. And I think that she's just coming into a better form than we've seen from her lately now as a, I believe, six-year-old um, as she's come back this year. So she's one that never gets any respect on the tote board. She might finally get bet down a little bit in here, but she always seems to go ignored. So I'm going to go with her for my top pick. Um, and then for my alternate, I went to who I think is the speed of the speed and who gets an outside post. And that's the number 10, Mr. Bucaro, who is making her stakes debut. She's still pretty lightly raced, but I think she's just faster than some of the other horses early. If she ends up being able to compete at this level, I think she's going to be in front of them at least. Matthew. Dashing uh, Listen, I one of the things that I did throughout this exercise is I have to be true to who I am as a person. I have to be true to who I am as a handicapper. And if you show me a lightly raced horse with increasing speed figures that's eight to one on the morning line, get the hell out of here. I'm hammering the number two Alva Star. Uh, this is a horse I really like a lot in this spot. It's just gotten better and better. Um, I like the fact this horse 
has the ability to win from off the pace or at least come from off the pace, does not need the lead, does have outstanding early speed. That race two back lost to Unifying, uh, who went on to win a stakes race, the listed stakes race, very similar to this one. Um, and I just think it's been running against very good competition as well. So I'm, I'm going to use that one at a little bit of a price up top as my top pick. And then from uh, uh, my alternative, if that one scratches, I'll use the number eight Malibu Beauty, who's coming off a layoff for Gary Capuano, who's winning at only a 44% rate uh, at uh, Delaware Park. And it's kind of a you know mid, big time mid-Atlantic trainer. But this is one that has kind of an interesting cutback is, you know, typically runs two turns, but is uh, cutting back to a little bit of a sprint. And if you notice, this is a horse that, in 2021 did really nothing but sprint and only recently have they been stretching this horse out. So I think going back to what it, this horse does best sprinting, winning these types of stakes races is proven in that level before. So that'll be my alternative at nine to two on the morning line uh, for a really trusted trainer. And again, uh, a horse that can rate and can sit from off the pace uh, to get the job done. So I will use uh, the two and the eight in this one. Apparently shit popping off at Delaware. We might have maybe should have paid more attention in this card because this is a 10 horse race. And between the three of us, we have five different horses that we're all considering. So the good news is we've got it fucking surrounded. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Congratulations. To sweet. Congratulations to sweet Gracie uh, for winning that race. <laughs> that race. Uh, number one, none of us mentioned. Great. Yes, we we neglected it all the way into the winner's circle where they keep the flowers and the third wives. All right, Gulfstream Park, race five is where we go next. Eight and a half furlong, eight claiming, $8,000 claiming, and it is on the all-weather. If you know anything about me and all-weather. Little pig boy. Can I get the definition? Little pig boy. He's that pathetic, dirty bitch baby mistress gets the stand on. She can stand on me as long as the surface looks like potpourri chips or chopped up tires. Uh, Sarah, lead the way. What'd you think of this? Uh, I think this was specifically the race that you uh, cursed me for. Changed my mind about you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is this is the race that was the turning point of what this contest was to me and uh, how I felt about <laughs> you putting this together. Um, <laughs> this is the one. I went. I went to the three Hasahira. Uh, just. Plainly, less chances to lose than many of her fellow competitors. She was in against males last time out and ran third. Given some time off, first off the claim for Peter Walder. He does pretty well first off the claim. He's winning at 21% with that move with a positive ROI of $2.04 over the past five years. And we see speed and the inside post positions go to die in routes on the tapita. And she won as a horse that was breaking from the rail was up near the lead as the inside speed. And then Sunny Leone, who was aboard that day, took her back a little bit off the pace and then had her travel around other horses, making a move in a kind of race with horses at this level of competition. They don't necessarily have it in them to do that, to overcome something and to kind of take back, check, and then make another move and win. So I just see this one as one that's overcome things that generally aren't productive on a surface like this at this distance and who's going to be facing Phillies again. So this is where I wanted to go in here. And then for my alternate, I went to the seven Royal Jubilee taking a slight drop in class has also won as an inside speed type routing on the tapita. And she was inside last out with a faster pace unfolding in front of her. She's also one that really just seemed hesitant to pass inside of horses. So I like her getting an outer post position now for this race. 
Hey, Sarah. Look at us. Hey, look at us. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. Yeah, that's my top pick, too. Uh, well, how'd you say it? How'd you pronounce it? I am so I'm terrible with uh, if I should pronounce J's as H's or not. Uh, as evident as the time that I told my friends I was staying in La Jolla, California, and they're like, You mean La Jolla? Um, yeah, I, I had Pasajera also. Um, you said a lot of what I noticed. What I also liked was that the horse uh, ran into a really slow pace with not much to close into last out. And uh, I, I think that the pace is a little bit warmer. I don't take anything away for that last effort because they went 25 to the to the opening quarter, 50 to the half. There's no pace to run in there. Um, my alternate, the two, Cats the Gal, 6-1. to one. You know, I mean, been trending up. And the lone wind came on the all-weather surface. I mean, it, it's the other horse I want that can pass if uh, Pasajera scratches. Uh, Matthew, your thoughts? Yeah. stream race five. Yeah, so uh, I think, you know, we're kind of seeing this race pretty similarly in a lot of ways, but I, my top pick was the number four, one track mine, uh, six to one for Kathleen O'Connell. Uh, this was a horse that made the class drop last time out, uh, going from maiden, or I'm, I'm sorry, going from a claiming 20 down to a claiming eight, uh, which is what this race is, and came up just short that day to Bellamura. Uh, who was a pretty heavy favorite. And, and it should be pointed out, one track mine went off at 9-1 to one that day. So uh, really outran uh, her odds at that point. And I think, you know, second time at this level is going to do a little bit of the trick, should sit behind the 8 in terms of, of being speed. And one of the things at the Tapita that, you know, Sarah referenced is when you're routing in particular on the all-weather, <clears throat> you really don't want to be on the lead. Uh, that's not the best place to be. Uh, I typically like to, but you also really don't want to be a deep closer either. You prefer to see horses sitting kind of second through fourth, I would say. A lot of times that kind of stalking the mid-pack trip is usually a more successful one. So I think it's, I, I like the fact there's clearly stronger speed in the eight on the outside uh, of this and that the four should be able to sit a little off in that case. So that was my top pick. And then like you, uh, Chase, my alternative is the number two uh, in this race, Cat Sack Gal. Uh, I just think the progression after breaking the maiden, uh, you know, that first time out after breaking the maiden uh, at this level, claiming eight, you know, was well beaten third, but then comes back and shows a lot of improvement, not just from a speed figure standpoint, but really eats into the margin of victory and really closes the gap on Bellamura, who finished second that previous race and comes back and only uh, finishes three quarters of the lengths behind her the next time out. Jose D'Angelo, always a successful trainer down there on the Tapita at Gulfstream Park. So that's my alternative. All right. We're just jamming along here. We're jamming all the way up to Indianapolis. I guess not even Indianapolis. and To a city near Indianapolis, Horseshoe Indy. We're going race eight, the one mile, 70 yard. Michael G. Schaefer Memorial Stakes. We miss you every day, Michael G. This is the greatest comeback since Lazarus. Matthew, you are leading off this stakes race, uh, the second stakes race on the card. Did you get the yeah. other stakes? No, I, the other one. Okay, just make sure that I get my equitable time. Uh, <laughs> Matthew. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so uh, this is one that uh, I, you know, I'm a native of Pennsylvania, which is the Keystone State. So I'm going to go to the number one Keystone Field uh, as my top pick here. 
Uh, this is a horse that ran really well last time out at the Pimlico Special, which was a grade three that featured Rattle and Roll, who we just saw finish second in the Stephen Foster uh, in a grade one, and ran behind a horse like Clapton, who I think is a very well-intended horse, who I have a maybe a higher opinion on than others, but who I really like a lot and who's going to be running in a stakes race this weekend at Belmont. So I think this is a horse that just turns in a lot of good efforts. Uh, if you look at kind of recently when this horse has not fired, uh, effectively it's been on the turf or in the slop and uh or, or just kind of in a, in a you know really big time race like the razorback uh in a grade three you look at what this horse does at this rough level in terms of like a non-graded listed stakes type of competition this horse shows up and runs pretty well all things considered so i think this is a horse that at six to one you're getting a little bit of value mike maker Gerardo Corrales aboard. I like this one at six to one as my top pick uh, in this one. And then as my alternative, in case that one scratches, I'm going to go to trademark uh, the number five uh, at nine to two. I thought this horse closed nicely last time out, uh, but is versatile and uh, can sit a little bit closer to the lead. Uh, I, I think that, again, this is a horse that, you know, ran against nice competition last time in terms of Nimitz class at that Salvatore mile. Non-graded stakes level races is, I think, where this horse is probably most effective and i think kind of going long doing that is what this horse would do the best so uh I, you know this horse i think was maybe a little mismanaged or misplaced earlier in his career for victoria oliver i think maybe just a little above its head in terms of what the competition was running against i think this feels like a much more logical spot for this horse so trademarks my alternative in this spot so i i got super adhd like hyper focused on what sound drop i was going to use next so thank you for mentioning the odds so i could figure out that you were talking about keystone field because i was lost there for a second <laughs> it's not on you that's on me i have toys i'm gonna save mine for last because this one's a special one for me sarah who'd you like in the uh, michael g schaefer if I pick the source again, someone needs to yell at me. Uh, but I went with Mask Parade because I thought of you when I saw this one. Because <laughs> you picked this one, we I knew, both I knew you were going to yell at me. No, 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 um, we both picked that horse before. <laughs> yes, several times. If, if he and he doesn't win. Form, <laughs> I know, but if he can return to that form last year, any of those three races make him good enough. Maybe he needed one off the layoff first time out in the Knicks go. He had a terrible trip last time in the blame stakes. He was inside. He never had anywhere to run. He was stuck in traffic behind a wall of horses. That was a much tougher field than he's going to be facing in here. Rattle and roll won that race. A lot of horses that were in there came back and ran well. This is my final try with him at what will hopefully be a prize third off the layoff. But if he does no running in here, I need to be done with him. But those races are in there somewhere. And then for my alternate, I went to the two five-star general you don't necessarily take a horse coming out of the Evangeline Downs mile and think that they're going to be a serious player going into a race like this, but he has some speed. And prior to that, he was second to Zozos, who has won twice since then, both with triple digit buyers. So he's got some talent somewhere and he's going to be up close, if not in front. So those were the two that I wanted. I love Evangeline Downs because you get jockeys with names like Wally Net. Like, sir. Like how how are we how are we gussying up Wally and adding a, a net to it, Brian? Or sorry, uh, Matthew, you were, you were going to say? I'm sorry. No, I was going to say no? Uh, no? we were making reference last night to the fact that there was a horse in all of these ten races that was named after a drink that I had in college, and Sarah just picked the horse, the Five Star General, uh, which is a drink that includes Rumplemints, Bacardi 151, Tequila, Jägermeister, 
and something else that I'm blanking. Oh, Goldschlager. Uh, and uh, you mix all those things together, and I guarantee you're going to have one eventful evening, as I did when yeah. I was 21 years old. So <laughs> and you probably left feeling like a five-star general was like, hey, you're going to be the very first person on the beach of Normandy. <laughs> you're the vanguard. That's how yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I, I mentioned this is a special uh, race for me. Hit me two times. That's right. I'm doubling up. Gretch, hit me with the horse, man. Y'all ready? Let's go. Oh, no. Let's go. Y'all ready? Oh, God, it never gets old. I'm doubling down, and it's on a price. My top pick is the seven, Britain's Kitten at 12 to one. If I hit this one, good night, nurse. This shit's done. Uh, was previously a winner fourth off the layoff. Uh, after the, the third off the layoff start was in the slop. Another AB, AB type horse uh, who could be sitting on a on an A performance. It, it's going to have the place, pace to close into. And to me, it feels like a safe bet at the price to hit the exacta because this horse is going to be flying late this is kind of horse that you just kind of covet and st stable duel because you know it's not going to cost you any points uh i hope it gets all the way up uh if it gets all the way up you know into second for place doubling down i probably still make a nice little nice nice little lick there uh my alternate's gonna be the five trademark nine to two i love the steadily incre increasing brisnet pace figures now this is something that's an angle if you're a brisnet user i don't shame anybody who uses their pp their specific pps I'm a big believer in uh, don't mix sauces. Use the sauce that works for you. Uh, I've seen people try to mix sauces and it doesn't work. So if you're not a Brisnet person, find something to do for the next 15 fucking seconds. So uh, if you look at the E1, the E2, and the late speed, it just steadily grows and grows and grows. I hate seeing closers that maybe show that faster E1 figure. Then you have a slower dip in the uh, E2 figure and then, you know, an increase again. I, I like seeing these just like big one run, easily identifiable identifiable big one run kind of closers so but yeah uh alternate was the five trademark at nine to two that was it for me and ooh, i'm up now so this is this is convenient because we go back to one of my favorite weekday tracks belterra park race seven and this is where this is where the movers and shakers hang out because this is an eight furlong seven and a half thousand dollar claimer on the turf, especially like how I went to Belterra for these turf races. You know, I knew people were going to bitch about turf, so you get Belterra. <laughs> My pick here is going to be the eight Fulco at eight to one. Uh, this is one of two places that the early speed can come from, I, I think. And, the, and I think the track bias stats tell me the early speed has been carrying on the turf. You know, makes the switch back to turf today, and it's a strong angle for the trainer. Despite the declining speed figures, I think you actually might get a pop in performance today with Fulco running through the weeds. Um, my alternate was the other speed that I could identify. You're probably your most likely winner, uh, but the price in the post draw suck, and that's the 11 toe tapping Luke at five to two. Sarah, what did you think of this high dollar claimer at Belterra Park? This was another race where I was like, you're just, you're sick. You're just a sick person. Um, <laughs> I went to the two. Karam, uh, Karam. Uh, this is one that if you go back in the past performances, you're like, wow, this horse has really um, fallen off the cliff. But checked at the start last time on the turf, was pretty keen to go while wide in that starter allowance, and now is back in for a tag. And this is a horse that generally does his best running when being a little bit closer 
to the early fractions. He doesn't want to necessarily be on the lead, but more of that stalking mid-pack type than one that likes to come from far off of it, as he had to try to do last time. He's had gate issues in the past, so I don't love that. But generally, it hasn't mattered too much with where he wants to position himself early. This is just the lowest level that he's faced on the turf in the wild. And that can be said about my alternate as well. I'm going to go with the 12, Hemp Hemp Hooray, who's really just plummeting in class. He has disappointed as the favorite in his last two and does draw a disadvantage, a disadvantage post-12. You have to really go back to 2021 for his last win. But it's possible that he just finds the right field today. So that's where I went from there. All right. Yeah. So I, I I went to a different horse for my top selection. I went to the number three authoritarian at 10 to one. Uh, this is a horse I, I kind of, I really like a lot actually in the spot. Uh, and this is one who I think, I don't know if it's a bad morning line or what the deal is, but the, I think this is a horse that has good tactical speed, has a much better post position than the two horses that you mentioned, who I think are uh, on paper, just if everything was equal are certainly more likely winners but you're getting 10 to one on authoritarian. And I think this is a horse that lost to a next out winner in terms of level it to kitten uh, next time out. So this horse is just really consistent on the turf as well. When you look at those turf figures and I think, you know, has come to Belterra park and run well is three for six at the distance on the turf with two wins is two for five at Belterra park on the turf with both of those uh, or two of those three performances coming the last uh, two times out. So I like this horse quite a bit in this spot. It just finished right behind Toe Tap and Luke, Luke, who is your morning line favorite, two back. And now you're getting 10 to 1 on this horse, who really didn't do anything wrong next time out. So it's not as if this horse fell off a cliff. Now third back in the form cycle, I'll use that horse as my top selection. And then my alternative, I'll go to the horse that Sarah mentioned, number 12, uh, Hem Hem Paray. The class drop is notable. And I think that, you know, this horse will need a little bit of pace to run into. Uh, but I do think the three, eight and 11 will provide at least an honest pace for this horse to run into. And uh, I think that, you know, if he can work out the trip from that far outside post position provides a little bit of a better alternative, in my opinion, than the favorite toe tap and Luke. Now that you chose authoritarian, I'm kind of uh, worried that I uh, disagreed with you publicly uh, in, in the pick. I'm afraid that I might fall through an open uh, hotel window uh, for for such a move if he's if you're going full like uh, Vladimir Poopoo. Um, all right, we're moving on. Gulfstream Park Race Eight. We're back to racing on the potpourri chips. It's the five furlong twenty five thousand dollar non winners and one something. Find the conditions, reading himself. Uh, optional claimer. It's on the all weather. Sarah is leading us off. Sarah, what'd you think? Doubling down. This is my second doubling down. Ooh. Ooh. Ho, ho, ho. Hold on. Let me find a good one for this one. Ooh, let's see. Let's see. There we go. Hey, hey, hey. Don't rub on that. You blocked that. You understand? That's alpaca. That's $25,000 alpaca. You blocked that shit. You don't rub them. Put the club soda on there. Ooh, put the club soda on her alpaca. What do you got? Uh, you never saying that again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with the one, Zarak. This is a horse that went from routing on turf in Chile to a five and a half furlong sprint on the synthetic. Good early speed, tugging to go last time out, lost to a one to two favorite by about half a length, who had won six in a row, and then just ran second in the grade three smile sprint. So this is a horse that was clearly facing good company 
it's very simplified. You're going to go from the rail, has the early speed, and you know that the stamina is in there somewhere with the kinds of route races this horse was performing at when in Chile. So I just think this horse makes a lot of sense in a field like this, and it's going to get a really good trip. And then for my alternate, I'm going to go with the three little Juanito, who Aww. is probably sitting just off the one Zarak, and he won at 14 to one, two back at this distance that in that great stalking position made the step up in class well when protected in that starter optional claiming last time out was the inside pace setter that day i think he could do a little bit better as being just off the speed because he just couldn't hold off major wager going the five and a half so i think the slight cut back in distance to the flat five getting to stalk another horse both of those things will do him some good in here if the horse that i have on top doesn't end up firing i am worried about you sarah um because you know what this is actually my double play also and it's the number one zarak at five to two we're both double we've nullified each other effectively <laughs> uh you know uh, non-grade stakes winner in chile when with the second race in north america i, I like that as a as an angle coming back a little bit um also, I mean, the horse has proven that it can win races off of Lasix uh, down down at the old Hippodromo, um, which is a drome full of hippos. I don't know what a drome is. Also, my alternate is the three, Little Juanito, at five to one. Uh, literally everything I like about Zarek sands the second time Lasix in the Chile thing. That's it. We're we're both on it. Uh, Matthew, if you say uh, Zarek, I'm just content-wise, I'm going to be pissed at you, quite honestly. Who do you got? So you're not just going to be pissed at me. You're going to be double pissed at me because this is also my double play. And it is also Zarak. <laughs> it's, my, it's my top selection. Right. Uh, this horse is going to lose miserably. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just didn't. I mean, it was funny because we were talking. We were waiting for the morning lines to come out for uh, Gulfstream Park before we recorded this. And when I was just handicapping this without the morning line, I was like, this horse seems like a no brainer in terms of like, this is just like the easiest pick of the whole 10 race sequence, in my opinion. So uh, everything you guys said, I completely agree with. And this second off, and we should mention that was the first race. I think Sarah, you mentioned it first back from 18 month layoff. I mean, this is not just like a little six month layoff or something like that. 18 months, this horse comes back and fires an incredible effort. Second back, you figure it's going to even improve from there. Like you said, there's no choice but to go from the rail. So uh, I like this one a lot. And uh, I will differ a little bit. By the way, I, I do have to say, isn't little Juanito kind of like like small, yeah. small one? Like that's yeah. we're, we're just kind of like doubling down on the Juanito element of things. It's, anyway, it's li li um, little John. It's, it's <laughs> little, little John. Yeah, exactly. He didn't say, okay, he just says, oh. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he lives in the suburbs of Atlanta. Anyway. Um, so my, uh, my alternative here is, is actually a little bit of a bomb was the number two capture the time, uh, who the only, the only time this horse ever ran on the synthetic was in a hundred thousand dollar stakes race and finished sixth that day, but, you know, finished behind some nice horses down at Gulfstream park, like chasing Artie and the Virginian. And this horse has some ability, I think, and has really kind of maybe been running at a little bit of a higher level. Even last time out was running in a $60,000 handicap. So you're getting, I think, a class drop to a reasonable level. It's a horse that won a $75,000 optional claimer on the turf 
and has demonstrated the ability to run well on the synthetic recorded an 84 buyer that day. Uh, this is a horse that will, should just kind of be sitting just off of uh, Zarak and all likelihood or not too far off that pace from the number two hole. So uh, that was one at a, at a big price that if Zarak scratches for some reason, I'll, I'll kind of use that horse that I like a lot uh, in my doubling up or doubling whatever we're calling this uh, doubling selection. All right. Well, everybody just bet every other horse um, other than Zarat because we are all doubling down on it. Let's move on. Uh, we'll call this the the jewel of the card. Uh, race 10. Well, no offense to Belterra Park. You know, you're you're always my jewel. I one time had to. Uh, Belterra is notorious for its gate antics. And one time there was this long delay and it just got stretched out by a horse just hanging a hellacious piss. It was so... It was went so long that I was like, well, they're going to have to mark it good now. Like, that's a lot of urine. All right. Race 10, 10 furlong, $750,000 Belmont Derby, grade one on the inner turf. This one's at 549 Eastern, 449, God's preferred time. And uh, I just kind of this is how the order worked. Matthew, you get to you get to tee off on the on the big, big Naira race first. Yeah, this is a this is a really tough race. Uh, this is a race I went back and forth on a, a number of times in terms of my top pick, in terms of how I think the race is even going to play out, and you know who I consider a legitimate threat and who I consider, uh, you know, maybe I don't want to say a little bit phony, but maybe just in over their heads in this sort of a spot. This is a really good division too. We should just say I think this three-year-old turf crop for, of men is outstanding. So I, I think the women also have a really strong three-year-old crop. So. Uh, ultimately, we just got to hope that most of these actually make it into the older turf horse division to absolutely inject some life into that. Yes, I would wholeheartedly agree. Uh, but ultimately my top pick is going to be Farbridge. Uh, I'm going to go against, uh, the Euro, which I know I'm going to regret because I've watched the Foxes run so many times over in Europe and I love that horse. Uh, but I just hate the post position, post position 11 for a horse that just kind of grinds away. It doesn't necessarily have a dazzling turn of foot. Um, Farbridge, I, it get, I honestly, and I never thought I would say this about going from Joel Rosario to Jose Ortiz. You're getting a jockey upgrade uh, at this point, and I, I just don't know. I, I don't know if the problems that this horse had the last couple of times out were because of a Joel, or if this horse just really likes the inside and just seems to like almost be allergic to making a big outside move and just likes to kind of duck down onto the rail and make these really awkward very difficult moves on the inside and then barely miss. Um, but there's talent that this horse has. And you could argue that this horse's best career effort came with Jose aboard uh, in its second time out. So I'm going to use Farbridge at four to one as my top choice. My alternative is actually, and again, going in a lot of different directions here, the other Chad, uh, and I'll go with redistricting. Uh, and I just think this is a horse that broke a streak that Sarah and I have talked about, or that I just talked to Sarah about. Sarah didn't really say anything back to me. I just talked to her about it. And uh, But it was yeah, Chad Brown and Jose Ortiz had never teamed up to win a maiden special weight on the turf at Belmont uh, over the last five years until redistricting just blew away the competition in debut. Chad Brown usually does not rush horses to this level of competition out of a maiden special weight race. Clearly, there is intentionality here. Uh, he has big plans for this horse. This horse had a dazzling turn of foot that first time out. I know the late pace speed figures didn't look great on Timeform US compared to some of the others, but I, that's that's one I really like as an alternative in case Farbridge uh, scratches, which I, I don't think is going to be the case, but we'll see. 
All right. So I'm going to toss it to my my other nigh rat here. Uh, Sarah, what did you think of the Belmont Derby? Uh, this is the race that actually took me the most time and that I kept coming back to, which is uh, frustrating because I have to handicap this race for multiple other purposes as well. <laughs> um, but ultimately, after watching plenty of replays and thinking this over, I just keep coming back to redistricting because, as Matthew mentioned, this is just not something Chad Brown does. He does not push horses that just break their maidens into grade one company and especially not older horses on turf. I mean, sometimes we see it with the two-year-olds because those are the only options to go into a graded stakes following your maiden win, but it's just not something we see done that frequently. So there must be some serious belief in this horse's ability. And the race that he won, I think quite a bit of some of the horses that were in that race, I wish we had seen them actually run back. It was one of those races where it was scheduled to run and one of them ended up scratching and then there was another one where that was scheduled and we didn't have because of the air quality so we didn't get to see the horses that finished behind him actually come back and run yet i wish we had so that we could have some sort of gauge on what his ability truly is but at the same time he earned a high figure he drew off to a significant margin it doesn't seem like he was asked for all out his absolute best ears were up at the wire and I think we could be adding another serious contender to this already stacked three-year-old male turf division. So I went with him. I think this is going to be one of the rare opportunities you have to get a price on this horse, at least a fair price, not a great price, but at least something fair because of the quality of the company the others have been keeping. And for my alternate, I went to a horse in Webslinger who gets to be a little bit more uh, outside from the inside type posts that he's had. Um, earlier on in his career, but closing from post 14 to back at Churchill Downs and just getting up at the wire over Farbridge and then coming right back to win. I think that he really just did uh, what he needed to do last time out. I know the figure regressed at least a little bit on buyers, but he was three to five in that race and, and won like a three to five shot should. He's just faced quality company. He only really has one bad race, which was his Breeders' Cup effort. So I appreciate his consistency and the fact that he's already been able to beat some of the competition in here. Um, so he's my alternate choice. One of the things I will say about uh, Webslinger, which I is a reason I really love that horse a lot, and he's got a, a sentimental place to me, is there's not many horses that start out the year as value plays that uh, Barry and I give out on Stable Duel. <laughs> on Friday mornings that end up becoming grade one winners. Uh, and this was a horse that was really undervalued coming out of that Breeders' Cup juvenile race. And when you looked at that race, it was not that bad of an effort, actually. And it has turned into a dazzling three-year-old year so far. So I, yeah, I like Web Slinger a lot. This, this, like you, I went back and forth on this one. So Chase, I'll turn it over to you. Sorry, I stepped in on your hosting duties. Oh, no, you you are you are fine. Listen, you're the alpha here. It's, it's been established. Um <laughs> Omega. <laughs> I, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. If we're both betas, it's all right. It's all right. Um, I, I've got this hard and fast rule, which is, uh, I don't turn down the sanctity of the neighborhood. I'm talking about Appleby. Uh, my top pick is going to be silver knot. Yes. This is a never again, Appleby angle, but also I, I've got some angles here and that has to do with, uh, for one, it's going to be, uh, medication is going to play a big part in this race. If you look at some of these horses that uh, have raced 
without LASIKs. They've just absolutely fallen apart. They run great races on LASIKs that come off of it. They fall apart. Uh, I know I don't have that problem with Silver Knot. The other thing that I have is this horse to me has been clamoring for more distance and they've slowly been walking it up, walking it up. They went from a mile in the, uh, you know, in the BC, uh, you know, juvenile turf, uh, shipped it back over to new market, went a mile there. Uh, then they stretch it out to the mile and an eighth. Now he's getting a mile and a quarter. Um, if you look at this pedigree, you got Lope de Vega on the top line. You've got uh, God given the mayor out of a horse named Nathaniel. Uh, Nathaniel had an average winning distance of 11.3 furlongs. This horse should have the wind in the sails to do it. And so, yes, this is like a, a reflex. Like if you punch me in the nose, I'm going to, I'm going to cover my nose next time you cock your fist at me, uh, kind of reaction to uh, being beaten mercilessly by Charlie Appleby. Uh, so I say, Oreo shakes for everybody. It's day night at Applebee's, baby. Uh, was silver knot. Uh, my alternate was uh, col- or Calic, Colic, um, Calic. Col- Apparently, Calic. We've we have now all been corrected that it's Calic after some sort of adult beverage. You, I that needs like a I don't know, like a Motley Crew like oolog somehow. I don't know how the German <laughs> language works. Don't fucking quote me on that. All right, uh, but yeah, I mean the one two straight gate to wire, and this is uh if history has taught us anything, the most passive jock colony in America when it comes to pressuring early speed, I could easily see Colic just maybe even being the rabbit and just getting loose. Like, uh, you know, like an Italian did to me that one time where I thought an Italian was a rabbit. Jesus. That horse. Well, yeah, dude. Dude, <laughs> in Ita- when an Italian pulled off the last time, it's like in Italian and flight line are both horses that I've seen from like the helicopter blimp drone angle where, they're way up in the sky, and it's like you're watching a police chase on the local news, and like it, just a Ferrari being chased by like the crown, the crown Vicks, or like even just like the police cars from fucking Blues Brothers. And he just punched <laughs> the gas. He said "Arriva Dirty Pigs," and he left those fuckers in the dust. It was impressive. I hate that horse, though. All right, <laughs> moving on, moving back to the heartland. But I hope that the, the corn is as high as an elephant's eye. The Indiana Derby, $300,000. It's a grade three. It's on the dirt, and I get to lead this one off. Uh, I might have picked this one because uh, I miss Herman Cain, and I wish he could be resurrected, but I'm going with the two, raise Kane at 10 to 1 as my top pick here. RIP, Herman. We miss you every day. Um, this is what I'm about to say might. I mean, this might be a good thing that we got this episode in because Matthew might need some time before I say this, uh, after I say this. Uh, I don't believe in verifying. I, I don't think that the horse is anything but a check cashing hanger. And maybe the Indiana, Indiana Derby is what it needs, but at that price, no. Nah, no, nah, I don't want any part. Any part of verifying. Not Og. That ain't me. I like Raising Cane even more if this race comes up a little bit wet also, which it may. Because Raising Cane had a great effort in the Gotham uh, winning by seven lengths over a muddy track at Aqueduct. Of course, we're going two turns now as opposed to one uh, with the Aqueduct mile, but still, uh, I, I like the horse's chances. And, I mean, it's, you got to say something for a horse that's been been trending up and doing it in, in graded company. Uh, and then my alternate was the seven, Hayes Strike. It should fit with the pace, but I hate the performances off the Lasix previously, but I still think this horse is good enough to, to win with a setup. Uh, who wants it first? First one to touch the nose. First, 
fuck it. Fine. Sarah, uh, go. Uh, you don't want to play along. Um, I sorry, Matthew. I'm with you. Yeah. I don't really like verifying either. I think this horse is super phony. Um, he can win. I mean, it's Brad Cox at Horseshoe Indianapolis. He has some speed, but I don't want him. So I went to the four on the stage for uh, Steve Asmussen. He closed into a really slow pace last time out at Lone Star with a wide move, basically circling the whole field and then drew away pretty impressively. That was a major improvement from buyer speed figure standpoint from when he broke his maiden, went from a 66 to an 82 buyer. I think the verifying could face a little bit of pace pressure from act a fool. They could knock heads early. And I just look at him as the new shiny three-year-old that's moving in the right direction since coming back this year. Um, I went to raise Kane for my alternate. You've made some really good points about him. His fourth in the Matt win last time out might be better than it looks because he was kept closer to the pace than we've really seen from him before. And Ellis is very speed favoring surface. So the horses that were more forwardly placed did well. That's something we've seen all meet so far there. His derby was sneaky good too. He did some running late in comparison to some other horses that were shorter prices that probably should have done a little bit more. So I think that he could be sitting on a decent performance if on the stage uh, isn't playing in the, uh, in the Indiana Derby. So I don't know where this like thing that Matthew likes verifying came from, because I also don't like was verifying it, at all in this oh, race. What? I, was think, I was thinking that ver was very, I feel, uh, I was thinking that was you that was on verifying like a good couple times, like heading into the Derby and maybe you jumped off then, but I don't, there was one horse. Oh, no. There was one horse definitely um, this year that you were enamored with. I thought it, it was this one. And I picked this. I was one very enamored. With, I was very with enamored with two fills uh, for a long time, but uh, yeah, I it don't was know. before I mean, your two fills love affair, something out of fairgrounds kind of thing. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I should have been liked, my giveaway. I liked verifying fine. Um, but the, the thing about verifying is I agree with you. I mean, he feels like a little bit of a horse that I used to love two years ago, like midnight bourbon. Like he just feels like a horse that's always going to get like you're, you're at the top of the stretch. You're like, this is it. He's going to be, he's going to win. And then it's like, Nope, he's not. Uh, and so he's just going to finish second. And like you said, he's going to cash a lot of checks and, and make a lot of people wealthy um, and run some good races, but he's not going to win. I don't think. And honestly, he had the perfect setup the last two times out and, or not, I shouldn't say the last two times, but the last two in the bluegrass and then in the Matt win, I mean, perfect setup and just couldn't, couldn't make it happen. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm going to go to a horse that I have liked for quite a while. And that is uh, Cherie DeVoe's number eight, Kyostro. And this is the a horse. voodoo queen of New Orleans. I, I love this horse. And I know this horse may very well be a product of Lasix. Uh, that the one time this horse didn't run on Lasix was in the Louisiana Derby. Did not run particularly well that day. I just had a feeling that was not really what this horse, that was not a great pace setup for this horse uh, who was a little bit closer to the pace uh, than I think it probably wanted to be that day. And there was absolutely zero pace for that horse to run into and was really taking a step up and was going a little bit longer than the horse had ever done before. Now we're second back from a layoff. I think the mile and a 16th is actually kind of the perfect distance. And I just think you're getting eight to one on this horse in the morning line. I like this horse a lot. I think this horse has a big future and a big race in him. Uh, and I think this horse can take a big step forward in the next time out because I'm just not overwhelmed. Like Hay Strike is a nice horse, but is running back on two weeks rest, basically. Uh, and we'll see. I mean, was beaten by 12 and, you know, three quarter lengths last time out. Uh, I hear Sarah's argument for on the stage, the Steve Asmussen horse kind of making the kind of a progression. 
praise Kane. I don't know. Last time I was in the slop, I know he was too close, but you know, again, I would have liked to have seen more. So, uh, you know, it just, there's a little bit of a process of elimination for me that and led me to Kyostro. Uh, and then as my alternative, I will use verifying only because I know he's a guaranteed place bet at the very least for me, uh, because he's guaranteed to finish second in this race. So, uh, I'll, I'll at least hit sound some logic. Of money. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was, that was my alternative in, in this one. See, that's, that's just me being raised around fucking Philistines. The boys are on the wrong lead. We like to, they like, whatever it is, we like to uh, assign horses to people like, oh, that's your horse. That's your horse you really like. Until people get pissed off and they're like, listen to the tape. I do not like this horse. They tried to hang flapjack on me for years until Josh went through and actually found it. And it was Mark. <laughs> All right, this is it. We're on to the finale. And we saved the best for laughs. We're talking about Canterbury mm -hmm. Park race six, eight furlongs, $5,000. Claimer on the dirt post time. God, this is going to be a full day sweat. Uh, 8.37 Eastern, 7.37 God's time. And Sarah, take us on home. Who do you got? Uh, this is a horse that I actually talked about with Matthew quite a bit who did no running last time. Um, and I don't have a real excuse for. <laughs> but if you go two back <laughs> for this horse... The number six impulses. This horse had a trip. I mean, this horse was breaking from the rail, got checked back to last, really slow into stride, closed to be second, made up a huge amount of ground to get there from last and has one at a mile before. So I don't necessarily mind this horse stretching back out. I don't have an excuse for the last race. And that really bothers me going into a race like this. But you also look around and there aren't a ton of horses in the greatest form that you've ever seen them. And this one will at least be a fair enough price. And I like that she's shown that she can at least overcome something somewhere within the running lines. And then for my alternate, I don't know if this horse can run anymore, but I went to the one come on sweet pea who was just taking a logical class drop. She won the last time she was at this level. It's fair to say that she's tailed off from this time last year. But maybe getting in with company like this is just kind of a wake-up call, and she runs a race that we've seen from her in the past, which would make her the winner. All yeah, right. so that's, uh, that's actually my top pick is come on, Sweet Pea, uh, the number one in this race. For the reason Sarah mentioned, the class drop just makes a ton of sense. Last time out this level in November of last year at Hawthorne, one uh, going a mile, or I'm sorry, going six furlongs uh, in a $5,000 claimer, now going a mile. But this horse, the other reason I like this horse, I mean, I know you're going back a little ways into past performances, maybe when this horse was in slightly better form, but four for six in the exacta at this distance uh, and four for seven in the exacta at Canterbury. So again, when we're playing under the rules of this game, I like to look for horses that have a tendency of finishing in the top two, even if they don't win, I'm not getting shut out. At least if this horse runs up for second, uh, granted this horse at five to two in the morning line is not going to provide you a ton of uh, value, but I do think is uh, uh, a good one. And I think you'll see its best effort uh, this time out. The one that uh, uh, my alternative is going to be moonshine moxie, the number three at six to one. And this is a horse again, that's kind of five for 10 in the exact uh, at Canterbury and I think you can go back and make legitimate excuses the last two times out. Last time out, had a legitimate issue stumbling out of the gate uh, and just found itself really far back very quickly. And then you look two back and it was a muddy surface and the horse just didn't, you know, you just don't, never really tell. And that was the race actually with impulses. The horse just never really looked super comfortable that day. Uh, this horse can go two turns uh, and, and kind of has had uh, some, you know, mild success doing that before in the past. Uh, so that was one that uh, I'll use as my alternative in this race. You can just call me the Bishop of Canterbury. 
I'm the the fucking Chaucer of Canterbury Park is what I am. And I'm leaning into uh, just probably maybe the best trainer at Canterbury with Mac Robertson. And I'm going to use the five. She's extremely hot at four to one as the uh, as my top pick here. A uh, quick poll of the panel. Um, who's going to be the, the early speed in this race? I'll wait. Well, the thing is, isn't this horse probably going to scratch? I know. All right. I didn't know if he, if he has to pull all the entries. <laughs> I love the immediate, I love the immediate like retraction from case. Like, well, See, I, had yeah, to, you know, it's like... I know. I didn't say I know Minnesota current events. I just know the, the Minnesota equine vibe. Um, Yeah. I, yeah, if that's the case, I, then I fall on the three moonshine moxie as my alternate. I'll, I'll take the chance to say it's there because you know what? I love horses getting weight breaks, especially when I don't know where the speed is necessarily coming from. I feel like that actually gives me uh, some chicken bones to read in terms of, of sorting out this uh, this whole pace problem. Uh, you know, I don't think there's much of a pace set up for the favorite. Hopefully ex- she's extremely hot stays in. I know old Mac pop popped dirty on a, uh, on a test recently. Uh, so I didn't know if he, they got him pulling out all of his, uh, all of his uh, entries or not. So that is something that a good podcast host probably would have caught and he wouldn't feel humiliated right now. Well, I, okay. I'll say that I don't know what the course of action is going to be, but because we had a similar situation with a trainer in New York who is now reinstated and allowed to run um but there was a short time period where his horses did have to scratch while they sorted through whatever it is that they're sorting through um, but that might end up being the case i don't know that for sure but i had some interest in that horse and then thought well i don't want to go on about this horse if i have an inkling that this horse might not be playing so who knows i think the punishment is that you have to purify yourselves in the in the waters of lake wobegon Bop, bop, loo, bop, rhubarb, rhubarb, will we have high. enough time? <laughs> I well, we'll find out. We'll find out. We just need we need someone to get them get this horse into a lake for its healing powers. Also, the water used to brew uh, the fine hams. That is a joke. All right, that's it. That is ten races. That is a contest. I for one, uh, congratulations to all of us because through ten races, we really didn't have very many duplicate picks uh, through through most of this. I, I think that this is going to be a wide open competition. We got to figure out a what the winner gets and what the uh, what the punishment might be. I don't know why we have to do. Why do we have to do punishment? Like, are we really? Are we in a fraternity? No, we're not. I, I did that in college. Yeah. I don't. We don't need to go back and do that again. Anymore. We don't uh, need anymore. to. Yeah, no, we don't need yeah. to do that. No. Uh, but but apparently Sarah has agreed to foot the bill to fly you out or drive you on a bus out to Saratoga for the summer. So uh, yeah. as even if you finish dead last in this competition, apparently you're still getting a prize uh, just for that's the sake of hosting us together. So yeah, that's that's right. Chase has traveled to Saratoga, courtesy of Peter Pan bus line. <laughs> That might be what All we right. can afford. Yeah, and then and then you yeah. can have uh, Peter Pan is a nice way of also linking together. You can have a nice salad with Jenna Antonucci at a Panera. There we go. Yeah. Bingo. Listen to that. This is this is why this is why these two sharps are are working at Naira right now. That's gonna be it for us here at the Notorious OTV. I'm gonna get everybody's picks uh, as soon as uh, the first races kick off. I'll be uh, tweeting those from the from the show account. You should give it a follow. It's at Notorious underscore OTV. Uh, you can follow me uh, at of Oaklawn. Give uh, Matthew a follow at Failed to Menace. You can also follow Sarah at Outrun the Odds. 
uh, I, I usually I tell you guys to shout out what you're doing, but like I got you pinned down now. I know exactly what you're doing. You're going to be <laughs> nairing it up. Any yep. parting words? Anyone got anything good? Any sort of like zip it up and zip it out? Anything good? Anything? anything? <laughs> <laughs> Zippity doo dah. All right. <laughs> All right. That is going to do it for us here. And don't forget, check out store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com. We got the merch. They're pretty cool shirts. You should buy one. We'll catch you next time. 